Dear kind Heavenly Father, it is for the love of God we have come here on this day. We know that you are good and kind. We ask now you open up our hearts that we may understand and see who you are, that it might change who we are, that we might be what you want us to be. So bless us and help us, Lord, we pray. Make this a special time as we share together that the Lord comes close to us and we feel your presence. And for those out there watching some other place, Lord, may they quiet their hearts and know that God is here and leave everything else aside and listen to the voice of God as it speaks. Bless us, we ask. In Jesus' name, amen. We're continuing our series about God and who God is. We have for our text today, John chapter 7, one of our texts, the other one in Exodus chapter 17. If you're following along, we invite you to do that. And uh, we'll be looking at those texts continuing as we go along. My grandparents lived in a great big old colonial house right on top of a mountain in Connecticut. Everybody called that big old house the mansion. Usually we visited them in the summertime, but one or two times over all the years we visited them in the wintertime, usually somewhere around Christmas. Now my grandfather was a tough old Viking who cut firewood until he was 88 years old. And he heated the mansion with a huge old wood furnace. And he kept the house somewhere between 75 and 80 degrees with that big old furnace. So I want to tell you, it was hot in there and it was dry. But Grandpa had another what I'd call obsession and that was with the water. Whenever he heard the pump running, he came running. And he would say, you can't run water. You can't run water. There's no water in the well. Which, of course, created a problem for me. The house was 80 degrees, and you weren't supposed to run any water. So naturally, I got really thirsty. Now, Grandma had an idiosyncrasy of her own. She thought that anything cold was bad for you. Now, in those days, the milkman used to deliver two bottles of milk every other day to Grandma's back door. And Grandma bought a special kind of milk, Guernsey milk. Now, if you don't know what Guernsey milk is, and some of you younger ones might not, it comes from brown and white cows, and it's very high in butter fat. So a quart of Guernsey milk was half cream and half milk. And before you pour it into a glass, you shake that bottle up so you can mix it up because the cream will separate. And then you pour your milk into a glass and it's very thick. You can't even buy milk like that anymore. But when the milk arrived all nice and cold on the back porch, Grandma set it on the table so it would warm up. And I remember being so thirsty and not being able to drink water. And Grandma said, here, have a glass of milk. And she shook the bottle, poured it into a glass for me. 
I took one swallow. Lukewarm Guernsey milk. It coated the roof of your mouth with <laughs> creamy substance, and it was awful. <laughs> so I kept telling Mom, I'm so thirsty. I'm so thirsty. Well, after a couple days, that was all I could think about. 80 degrees, no water to drink, and only room temperature Guernsey milk. So finally my father said, okay, come with me. And we found one of Grandpa's old 10-gallon galvanized tubs. We put it in the car. We drove down the mountain about a half a mile. And there on the side of the road was an old iron pipe coming right out of the rock. Someone had driven that pipe through the rock and into a mountain spring. And the water from the spring flowed out the end of that pipe right on the edge of the road. And you could drink from it, and it was good spring water. My father and I drank first. And then we filled that big 10-gallon tub and put it in the trunk and drove carefully back up to the mansion on top of the mountain. We left that 10-gallon tub out on the porch. Well, the next morning... After a hot and dry, sweaty night, I went out to that spring water in the tub. It had frozen overnight. So I broke the ice and dipped a cup into that icy water, and I drank, and it was so good. So icy cold and so refreshing. If I had a glass of that right here now, I would drink it right down. It made you feel good all over. 55 years later, I still remember that wonderful, icy, cold mountain spring water and its refreshing quality. It is a very vivid memory after all these years. In our text today, we find a very vivid memory, and it's all about water. And Jesus will use us to teach us about God. Now we need to know about God. There's a lot of bad information out there about God. This world is not interested in God. And Satan, the prince of darkness, wants to keep you in the dark about God. But Jesus will help us to understand just what it is like to encounter God and to experience God's influence in your life. The setting for our story is a celebration of a special holiday. Jewish people from all over the world in Jesus' time gathered in Jerusalem to celebrate certain holidays. And in the fall of the year, they gathered to celebrate what was called the Feast of Tabernacles. Now, some of our holidays are celebrated in memory of some important event in our history. We celebrate the 4th of July because we won our independence 250 years ago. Thanksgiving, we celebrate the pilgrims who made a Thanksgiving feast 400 years ago. 
And so we use holidays to celebrate special events in our past. And the Jews did the same thing. The Feast of Tabernacle was a celebration of Moses leading the children of Israel out of slavery in Egypt across the Red Sea to freedom. And in that wilderness, a million ex-slaves lived in tents, or as they called it, tabernacles, which simply means a movable house. And for 40 years in that wilderness, they lived in tents. In Jesus' time, to celebrate that history, the people gathered in Jerusalem and made little temporary huts, a few sticks stuck in the ground with palm branches overhead to be your roof on your little structure or reeds or maybe even pine branches to form a temporary shelter, sort of what you might call a national campout. And in memory of those ancient times when the Jews under Moses lived in tents in the wilderness. Now in those days, under Moses, God supplied the needs of the children of Israel. And he gave them a cloud to follow by day, which turned into a pillar of fire at night. He gave them manna from heaven every morning which they collected and made into their daily bread. He made it so their shoes never wore out in 40 years, and their clothes didn't wear out. And he also gave them water to drink in the middle of that desert. And so it was, the Feast of Tabernacles was held to celebrate those ancient days when Moses led the children of Israel in the wilderness. They lived in tents, and they experienced God's blessing. Now, John, our our text today in chapter 7, verse 2, it says, Now the Jews' Feast of Tabernacles was at hand. So you can picture the thing, if you will, in your mind. The streets of Jerusalem are filled with these little lean-tos, and thousands of people are camping out all through Jerusalem. They're celebrating their harvest, and they're celebrating their history together. It's a very happy time, a whole week of vacation spent with old friends and neighbors and family. It's a pleasant time, and over at the temple there are special events where you can attend and you can hear music say prayers and make sacrifices it's all lit up specially it's very festive then after a week of camping out there is one final day of celebration and i'm in john chapter 7 And verse number 37, in the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, if any man thirst, let him come to me and drink. At the temple, there was a special ceremony on that last day to celebrate a special event. The historical event is told us exactly what happened in Exodus. And I'm reading from Exodus chapter 17. This is what they were celebrating on that last day of the feast. 
Reading from Exodus 17, verse 3. The people thirsted there for water. And the people murmured against Moses and said, Wherefore is this that thou hast brought us out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our cattle with thirst? And Moses cried to the Lord, saying, What shall I do unto this people? They be almost ready to stone me. And the Lord said to Moses, Go on before the people, take with thee the elders of Israel, and thy rod, wherewith thou smotest the river, take it in thy hand, and go. Behold, I will stand before thee there on the rock in Horeb, and thou shalt smite the rock, and there shall come water out of it, that the people may drink. So Moses did so in the sight of Israel. When God created the world, he made a great big huge artesian spring to be under the ground in the middle of the desert. And he sealed that artesian spring with a great huge rock of Mount Horeb. So Moses goes up on that big old rock and he stands there and he's Fights it with his stick. Now, use your imagination for a minute. Imagine you were there and you hear a very loud cracking noise. And suddenly, from underground, the pressure of an artesian spring, the rock cracks open and water comes spraying out into the air over all the people. And you hear a loud gurgling noise and rushing out of that cracked rock comes water. Not a trickle, not a small stream, but a full flowing river is released from under the ground and it comes pouring out of the rock, out into the dry desert sand. Watching it happen are a million men and women and children with thousands of cattle and sheep And you hear the water rushing out of the rock and out onto the sand. Such a volume of water, it forms a river and flows out. And the people drop to their knees and drink the cold, refreshing artesian water. And pretty soon, children run barefoot into the rising river that's formed. And ladies scoop up the water with their hands and splash it onto their faces. And the men shove their whole heads right down into the river. And down the line you look and the cattle wade out into the river to drink the water. So much water, you can wash in it, you can swim in it. Every thirst is quenched. Every dry parched throat is cooled. Every hot body is refreshed. Every dehydrated cell is renewed. And you look back at the rock and the river flows nonstop in an endless supply. What a moment in time. What a vivid memory. How delightful. How refreshing. What an experience to go from hot, dry desert sand to a full flowing river of flesh, fresh water continually flowing out from that rock. And so we go ahead in time to John chapter 7 and the Feast of Tabernacles. And on the last day of the feast, as a closing ceremony, the priests walk through the streets of Jerusalem to a pool called Siloam. It's a 
spring-fed pool in Jerusalem, and they take with them pitchers made of solid gold. And they fill those giant golden pitchers with that spring water, and they form a parade and carry those pitchers of water back to the temple. When they get there, on the altar in the temple, on both sides are two large bowls with holes in the bottom. On the right side of the altar, they empty the golden pitchers of water into the bowl. On the other side of the altar, they pour wine into that bowl. And from the holes in the bottom of the bowl, the water and the wine pour out over the altar. On one side, the water of life rushing over the altar and the wine of the Spirit on the other side. And it flows out over the altar. And the people shout and sing and praise God. It's a beautiful picture of when Christ on that altar of a cross gave His blood And John said, I saw water and blood coming out together. But when Jesus is there in the temple and he watches this celebration, it's different for him than it is for everybody else. It stirs up a very vivid memory for Jesus. Now listen, my friends, here's something you need to know about Jesus. Yes, he was born in Bethlehem's manger when he first took a human form. But one day, the Jews were bragging about their father, Abraham, and Jesus said to them, before Abraham was, I am. As the son of God, before he took a human form, he visited this world many times. He ate lunch with Abraham in his tent. He spoke to Moses from the burning bush. He approached Joshua on the backside of the Jordan River. And he walked with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace. Remember, Jesus was seen on earth before he was ever born in Bethlehem's manger. And it was Jesus who led the children of Israel with the cloud by day. And it was Jesus who made it turn into a pillar of fire by night. Now listen, my friends. Hitting... A rock with a stick. This is a good hard stick. (laughs) Hit it. There's no dent. There's nothing. It's just that old rock sitting there. Hit it as hard as you want. Hitting a rock with a stick doesn't even make a mark. Moses didn't crack open that rock when he hit it with a stick. It was Jesus who was there. And when Moses struck the rock, Jesus caused that rock to split open. And Jesus caused that great spring to flow forth. And Jesus was there when the children played in the water and the women washed their faces and the men shoved their whole heads under that water. Jesus was there. 
Jesus saw their joy. Jesus felt their relief in that dry desert. Jesus was there to see the refreshing springs of water pouring out endlessly onto the desert stand. Jesus had a vivid memory of that amazing event because he was there and he made that happen. And now at the Feast of Tabernacles, they pour the water from the golden pitcher into the bowls and the water pours down out over the altar. And Jesus feels moved by the memories of that day when he supplied the river of water in the desert's hands and he cries out in excitement over top of every other voice, if any man thirst, let him come to me and drink. My friends, Jesus knows that in this life there are hot, dry times. The feeling of dehydration when every cell in our bodies cried out for water, those driving, all-consuming thirsts that fill our souls. My friends, this life is unsatisfying. This life is unfulfilling. It leaves us craving for something. And we feel the inward longing of our soul. We crave to be happy. We long to feel satisfied. We need to find meaning in life and purpose. And sometimes these life that we live feels like it's pointless. Jesus calls out in those feelings and says, come to me, have an encounter with me, call out to me, search me out, and I will come to you. And the best word to describe that encounter that he invites us to have is the very word that we have repeated, that encounter with Jesus is refreshing. He gives me a happiness I can't find anywhere else, and it's refreshing. He gives me a satisfaction that comes to me when I do the will of God, and it's refreshing. He gives me meaning and purpose in my life, and it's so refreshing. In this world we are living in right now, that is filled with fears and phobias, and filled with confusions and uncertainty, when life feels pointless, There is a place to be refreshed and renewed and recharged. And Jesus says, come to me and drink. But Jesus goes on because he remembers more exactly what happened on that day in the desert. And listen to what he says. The last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scriptures has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Jesus vividly remembered the river flowing out of that rock in the desert, so full and such a volume of water. And the children of Israel stayed by that river as it flowed from that rock for over a year, camped out drinking from that water. And although a million people drank from that river every day, and thousands of cattle and sheep drank daily from that stream, they still wasted more water than they could ever use. And Jesus said, I will flow such a river into your life that you won't be able to use it all. 
when every cell is full and every thirst is quenched, I'll still pour more into you. I will give you more than you can consume and it'll flow out of you to others and go from person to person farther and farther out and I will give you a never-ending supply of blessing and meaning and purpose and strength and hope and love. I promise to refresh your soul and I promise to renew your spirit. Jesus says, come to me and drink. My friends, believe me, the world has declared God to be non-essential, but Jesus says, come to me and drink, and I'll give you everything essential for your soul and for your spirit and for your heart and for your life. So this morning I ask you, do you long to be refreshed? Do you crave for a reason to live? Do you need do you need to feel happy again? And come have an encounter with Jesus Christ and create a new vivid memory one that you will never forget and feel the refreshing as it comes pouring out of his hand into your heart until it overflows and runs to the people around you. May God bless you. May you do as Jesus has invited you to do. Come to him and drink. Let's bow our heads in a word of prayer. Our dear Heavenly Father, down in our hearts, we want you so much. We've grown tired of this world We've grown tired of the confusion and the fear that surrounds us. We want you. We want you to give us those things that we long for and make our lives reasonable and logical and have meaning and purpose. So help us, Lord. Come and pour out your spirit on us. May we know the power of God in our lives and recognize that Jesus is high and lifted up and we can do what he says and enjoy the fullness of the blessing of God. Thank you for that great stream flowing from that rock. We know that rock was Jesus who was cleft for us and out of his wonderful self came flowing full redemption, forgiveness, and a new eternal life. We thank you that you were that great rock, that you split that rock open and poured to us your wonderful self. So bless these people because they've been with us today and fill us with your spirit, we ask. Help us to know the love of God down deep in our hearts until it makes everything else seem so unimportant. Help us, we pray. Know you in Jesus' name, amen. Let's finish up with a song, Rock of Ages, on your paper. Stand together with us, 328 in your hymn book, if that's what you got. Stand together with us, if you would, Rock of Ages, left for me. Rock of Ages. Let me hold.
to you today, ever grateful for what you do for us, ever grateful that you offer us peace and security, happiness and satisfaction when there is none anywhere else, when our mouths are dry, when our spirits and our souls are dry, when our lives don't have purpose, you give us something new. If we believe in you, that you have that river of flowing water, giving life. If we come to you for that, we know that you will fulfill us and give every cell in our body down to our very souls satisfaction. We can look many other places in this world, but we will never find truth and satisfaction like we find in you. And we thank you that you are that living water and that you have offered it to us, freely flowing, that we may jump in it and be in it and just submerse ourselves in all of your life and have purpose, true and purpose, without anxiety, without fear. Just know that you are there for us. We ask for this, your hand on our lives, your help throughout this time in our homes and wherever we go. In this place, protect those people, Lord. Bring them back to this place. Watch over them, Lord. And may they know the fullness of Jesus Christ. May they know it today. We do not know what day that you return. But Lord, we know that we should always look up for your redemption draws nigh. Thank you for this opportunity to be here this day, wherever we are. Touch those people across the world, we ask in your name. 